Welcome back to Russian Roulette, the podcast from the Russia and Eurasia program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. I'm your host, Olga Olaker, here in the CSIS studio with my co-host, Jeff Mankoff. Hello again. A few episodes ago, we had a special edition with uh, Ksenia Sobchak, who is running for president of Russia. With the presidential vote in Russia almost upon us, we wanted to share with you a conversation we had with Vitaly Shklyarov. Vitaly is a senior advisor to Sobchak's campaign. He has also worked uh, on campaigns in the United States, uh, specifically Obama for America and the Bernie Sanders campaign. In Russia, he worked uh, with Dmitry Gutkov and Max Katz to organize um, an effort that fielded over a thousand independent candidates in Moscow municipal elections in 2016. So he's gone back and forth between Russia and the United States uh, working on campaigns, which gives us this terrific opportunity to ask him how these experiences compare. So we're going to have a pretty extensive conversation with Vitaly, uh, where we talk about uh, the practice of democracy in the US and Russia, especially, well, when the outcome seems predetermined. Uh, we're going to talk about how one actually does uh, a campaign in Russia, uh, and the nature of the bigger political movement that Vitaly uh, is trying to build in part through his work for Ksenia Subchuk. Uh, we'll also talk about Vitaly's own history and how his work on American political campaigns eventually led him to Russia. So let's get started. Vitaly Shklarov, welcome to Russian Roulette. We're really pleased that you're uh, able to be here with us. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. So, Vitaly, having worked on American uh, campaigns and now having worked on several Russian campaigns, what do you think are the key differences between campaigning in the United States and campaigning in Russia? I mean, quick, easy question. We like to, we like to start with the basic ones. Well, Olga, there's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we should probably start with a culture mentality. So, mm -hmm. you don't have in Russia this political culture of activism, of involvement, of fundraising, of, of volunteering. Um, you have to think of Russia as a um, former Soviet Union over seven decades long. Um, every freedom of speech, every freedom of participation uh, was killed there or not really appreciated and people went to jail or were uh, repressed for. So... Uh, over generation, generation after generation, people uh, didn't develop this uh, sense of of uh, political culture, and and um, they, they are just simply politically um, not not engaged, not not involved, and and it's unbelievably hard to explain why politics matters, mm -hmm. because government has been always seen as a as a biggest threat, as an enemy of of free people. And uh, someone, the entity who suppresses, who 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 violates the law, and then put you in prison. So there's no this link, this connection between uh, free elections and uh, prosperity or or freedom of speech and and uh, and better lifestyle or um, uh, economical wealth. And um, then you have uh, the big problem of institutions. So like uh, elections is a big farce in Russia. So they all fake and it's really hard. If so, you, so if that's the case, I mean, why participate in them at all? I mean, this does seem like kind of a quixotic initiative, sure. right? 
Yeah, well, there's two two views on this. Uh, uh, one is, uh, like you said, why participate? Like you never um, win in casino, so like why why even right. bother? You know, like. But there's another view, and there's a lot of people who is uh, in line with with this point of view, and they say like, well, let's wait until the better times mm-hmm. gonna come, and and will and the system uh, the, the system will collapse automatically or by itself. But there's a view, and and I strongly. And I'm uh, uh, one of the uh, people who who shares these values. Uh, who says the democracy is not born out of one election or one or one 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 election. It's it's a process. It's like a baby development. So you, no matter what, no matter how you wish, uh, the baby in the womb cannot develop within a month or two. You need this time. And I believe uh, we have a lot of examples in Europe, like Germany, like United States, even longer. So you have this time um, that any society needs to develop and especially in this modern world and i don't believe that uh with a change of putin or let's say with a change of the whole government something going to change there uh drastically mm-hmm. you you have to change people's minds you have to change people's view of life and 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 how they uh see most basic things mm-hmm. like job responsibility mm-hmm. initiative you know like uh, uh enterprises uh, uh, and i believe <clears throat> The sooner we start to work on it, and every campaign, every one election, every one cause is like little step towards this direction. So I, I'm I'm working on this. Now, there's different views about how to do that. I suppose like one would be kind of the start at the top approach, which it yeah. seems is is where you are right now. Well, he started with actually at the bottom. Well, okay, actually at the bottom. So, would you address that issue yeah. of whether it makes more sense to focus on kind of the presidential elections or kind of the the lower level yeah. grassroots. Well, I we we all seen uh, a lot of attempts to change the politics from the top, mm-hmm. and especially in Russia, it we all see it didn't work. You know, it didn't work uh, peacefully. It didn't work uh, violently with uh, protests and Navalny movement. I I don't believe the system is to change from a top down because uh, this machine, this this political system, is like a perfect created monster it's just like really well oiled machine to do one thing to keep the power so if you have a gun you cannot like battle you can't battle if you're insane against the tank you know but you're not gonna win ultimately so what do you need to do you have to find uh like you know like like wind and sun and and water uh make even the hardest stone you know like uh uh, uh break so you you have in this like a david galia you have to find something um how to battle the system differently so you can play against Kremlin by their rules because you're going to always lose the government has the most uh uh power financially in media uh the the the, the government has the the monopole for for uh um uh, military and and uh, police force, so it's hard to win regular way. What do you have to do? You have to start down. I that's what we did uh, last year with municipal level election, winning 267 seats, and I believe that's how you get from grassroots from bottom up. And 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 uh, if you're gonna replace, let's say, Putin with Ivanov, Navalny, or Petrov, or whoever you want, it's not gonna change the system because the rest, the roots are like really rotten. You have even to, if you. Replace him with Subchuk. Even if you replace with Subchuk, it's it's gonna be still you you have uh, even if you replace uh, the system with Subchuk, you still have to work. Uh, it's 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 like uh, uh, carotene your your tooth. You you can uh, like uh, make a nice looking filling. 
but the root the root canal treatment it needs to be done that that's where the system is failing i believe the system is failing outside of moscow mm-hmm. outside of uh, like big cities because that's where the whole uh, uh, like political system collapses and the corruption and bureaucracy like really exists in the in the full uh, uh, beauty I want to take a step back. Uh, what uh, ask you? What made you decide to go and start working on campaigns in Russia after having spent time doing that here? What, what at what point did you th- think that this was a good idea? That this was something you could contribute to? How, how did this happen? Well, I just saw that that. Uh, the campaigns are done differently there there's as I said there's no culture political culture as such you had those 70 years of Soviet time nobody really cared about your opinion and you just had one single communist party then you had this uh, 26 years of new history of Russia where uh, nobody really cared about the quality of candidates because it was easier to bribe to to to, to give a uh, electorate a bottle of 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 of, of uh, I, I don't know alcohol and and get the vote for uh, rather than to run a real election. So all this uh, uh, and and uh, the policy of of Putin created all this vacuum, all all this uh, uh, farce system that doesn't work the way it is right now. So it was obvious for me because I've been working in American politics uh, for many years and I saw how to apply to how to apply the grassroots taxes mm-hmm. uh, field operations mm-hmm. and and digital strategy to Russia because it's obvious if you if you come from a developed country to the third world country it's obvious for you how to uh do plumbing the new way or like create roads the, the new way and that, i believe i the believe people who do that sorry to interrupt you but people who do that on the development side who come from the developed world to the developing world thinking i know how to fix all the things yeah often hit brick walls because Absolutely. that's well, not how it works. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, that that's, gets back to institutions. Well, yeah. Right? You well, can have the right <clears throat> pipes, as it were, but if you don't have the right framework in place in order to put in the new pipes, you don't have the buy-in from the people right. living there that, thinking that they need new pipes, you're not going to get it. That, that's correct. That's correct. And that's that's why I see the election in Russia not as a like winning or losing a seat, uh, more as a as a educational process, talking to people, um um, educate them why it matters, why it's mm-hmm. important, and then um, to come back to your question, I I I, I believe uh, what comes in play here is my personal experience. So, I I am at home in three different different like if you wish continents or cultures. It's it's one is is Eastern Europe because I was born there. Mm-hmm. I was born in Belarus. I I, I was uh, growing up in Ukraine and Belarus and Russia at the same time. Uh, so I'm at home there. But then I spent almost 15 years studying, uh, working on my PhD in, in Germany, in Europe. So I, I'm in Europe at home and speak many languages. And now I call the uh, last seven years America my home. And, and uh, I believe that helps me or put me in a unique position to translate what what like like to speak the language not like uh, literally to speak the mm-hmm. language but but like translate what it means to get uh, um, politically active so what I've seen a lot what I've seen a lot um, a strategy uh, of uh, political consultants from from America just going to Europe just mm-hmm. going to Ukraine just going to Russia copy paste uh, strategies from let's say Obama campaign yes we can and failing mm-hmm. because you cannot just copy paste uh, uh, just particular strategies to different countries because uh, the mentality is different. The way people uh, feel uh, 
and engage or, or get engaged are different. The people uh, understand politics or translate politics for themselves differently. So this helped me or put me a little bit in my unique position with all this experience being able to translate what does it mean American field program like knocking on doors in Russia because you don't have residential areas you have like big yeah. houses you right. know like so you have to recreate it a little bit like mm -hmm. or adapt and that's what I've been working on adapting basically so how do you do that I mean how do you do the kind of get out the vote uh, work that a typical campaign would do you know given some of the challenges that exist in, in Russia well believe it or not it works it works we did a huge uh, GOTV campaign uh, last uh, municipal election uh, sending three and a half thousand people on the street of Moscow and like knocking millions of doors not millions but hundred thousands of doors I mean, it's and easier in apartment complex just go down the hall <laughs> <laughs> in some ways yes yeah. in other ways not so uh, you have you know uh, some some upsides and, and downsides. Uh, here you have a lot of tools, you have data, you have water files, mm -hmm. you have NGPLAN and, and all all these uh, big data tools to use it and to target. Over there, you have to know there's no data existing. Mm -hmm. right. So you have, we literally, I was the first one who was starting to build the databases and, and to track the the GTV efforts, the field programs, and, and to create a little database for Moscow first. Now, uh, within uh, presidential campaign with Ksenia Sapchak, we're building this in the in the size of a country. But this is like little steps. It's like baby steps. We're like uh, Russians are learning to to run right now. Not not even to run to walk. They're like literally like walking, to, uh, uh, learning to walk. So we are over there, far away from being at the college or or mm -hmm. uh, being at school. So it's it's a process. And and if you see uh, the process the way I see it as a long term, not just like winning or losing the seat and then the job is done. So I I really see it as a long term development. So if I I put to myself uh, on a timeline twenty years. Like within 20 years, it's a doable goal. Mm -hmm. You know, within three, four years on one election campaign, it's not possible. What, yeah. will, you uh, what was, will you have in 20 years? I believe, look, uh, last year there was just one, believe it or not, just one elected uh, independent, so not from a united Russia, not from Kremlin party, one independent elected uh, uh um, district in, in the whole Russia. It's unbelievable. We won one single district. Last year, uh, we won 267 seats and uh, dozens of districts. So now, imagine if we uh, take this power, those already 267 elected officials, maybe some of them going to drop off and not going to make it to the next four years and to the next term. So if I build on this to the next election, I'll have a crowd of people with experience and I send them, let's say, to the parliament uh, or uh, we'll build on the infrastructure and get not thousand uh, campaigns at the same time, but maybe thousand campaigns in every big city, you know. like So I, I believe in 20 years you can build a critical mass of people that not going to like violently overturn the government, but they, they, they will create a political uh, alternative in parliament, a coalition or a different uh, different type of politician, different generation of politician, then guess what happens? Uh, as soon as you give uh, a person opportunity to choose between a corrupt uh, a police officer or not corrupt, once they know how it feels like not being corrupt and being treated uh, normally, mm -hmm. they will never go back. They right. will never. We know it from Georgia. They will never yeah, go exactly. back. So and that's 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 uh, the, the the case. I, I'm trying to create a, a, a situation where people gonna 
just freely choose the better way of living. So I was going to ask, you know, we had um, Ksenia Subchuk on the, the podcast recently, and she acknowledged that it's let's say highly unlikely that she's going to actually win. Um, so that being the case, I mean, how do you define success in this election campaign? How, do you, how will you know if you're making steps towards the goal that you laid out for 20 years from now? You mean from the presidential campaign specifically? Yeah, from this sure. campaign. Well, uh, the definition of success in, in the United States is uh, winning by points, like four points, three points, and so on. In Russia, in this political desert, in this uh, political environment where you have no competition, where you have just one candidate on one aisle and pretty much like another candidate on another aisle uh, and nothing else, I believe any type of activity, any type of, of uh um, political activism is success. So uh, is it successful to win uh, one seat out of 450 members of parliament? Yes, it is. Can you change the system just with one vote in the whole parliament? No, you can't. But, but uh, you know, it's uh, we all we all trying to see or like this is a human nature to want to get results really quickly. I, I believe we should be prepared in terms of Russia. It's going to take a while. It's mm -hmm. going to take a while for change there because there's still Putin. And it's going to take a while even for opposition to be as powerful. Unless, like Celia said, unless we build with her campaign uh, a platform then we can, uh, where we can run a lot of municipal level mm -hmm. campaigns like coming up in St. Petersburg, like we did in, in, in Moscow, then uh, coming up election for parliament. And we create a, a, a new power mm -hmm. within political field in Russia that the president, the current president that we so much wish to leave, going to have confidence in these people to like get a little bit easier on, on, on politics. Because what she mentioned before, what she says a lot, I believe the problem is not only you 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 don't have a lot of, of young independent candidates there or like young independent politicians, but also the fear from Putin to just drop the mic, just drop the ball because he he gonna be like uh prosecuted or 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 like killed or whatever. So I believe he has paranoia that if he not uh, if he leaves the power, there's nobody there who can like maintain it. You don't think he has also a network of obligations that make it very difficult for him to hand over power to a bunch of Democrats who want to wipe out corruption into the future? I believe deep down, uh, I don't know this gentleman, uh, but I, I believe deep down he has this idea of strong Russia. And I believe deep down, and I see it, it's not that Russia is like really absolutely uh, a fail case. So if you get to Moscow, you'll see stuff happening. Like sure. that you, you see in some areas, the e-government is happening. Uh, you oh, see, Mo Moscow looks great. I mean, yeah, Mo Moscow see, is very, a very effective city in many ways. Uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't... They do a lot better at clearing the snow than D.C. But, does, but, although yeah. they have a lot more experience. So, uh, no, apparently the... <laughs> As, yeah. Did you, the snow clearing, right? The the story was that people were writing Navalny and yeah, colors yeah, on their yeah, snow yeah, to yeah, get it cleared yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff happens. Um, the question is, it's not effective enough, enough. It's too expensive and it's too bureaucratic. What I believe, maybe it's just my belief, but I believe if there were a power, if there were a force that would be uh, independent, not like corrupt, not bureaucratic, I believe deep down this gentleman 
might be uh, otherwise i cannot explain his desire uh, about ukraine and uh, about strong russia deep down he wants the prosperity for the for the country so so at this uh, at some point he's going to be having a choice like to die in this office and maybe like Gaddafi scenario or whatever can happen or like revolution or bloody streets or or find, scenario yeah yeah Brezhnev scenario number two or find or create himself or maybe find a, a political power a force of young uh, um, politicians or young political forces that can uh, be like taking place instead of him and can can like work hard for Russia and I believe with Gutkov with Ksenia Sapchak with uh, 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 Katz with a couple of more uh, with Rishkov there's a uh, 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 a bunch of like 30, 40 years old politicians who can be like this, but there has to be a lot of more. And I believe uh, his desire to place right now the governors, like young governors or like technocrats, you know, like in the, in the government, this is exactly the desire to find fresh blood, like fresh faces, like not those like 60 years old, totally corrupt oligarchs uh, in, 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 in the government, but like renew because because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I believe he wants to quit, but he can't. I believe hmm. he is trapped. So I want to go back to campaigning. I mean, I think I think this is very interesting, but I also think uh, we could go on in, in circles on whether Putin really wants to leave or will be able to. Maybe not, but but at least, uh, Olga, I I believe at least. Uh, so we we have two options or three options. We can sit and wait. Like until mm -hmm. until biology does the work, you know. Like and he he, he is away, but he is like physically, and uh, we all mm -hmm. know and see from pictures. No, in no, good I, condition. I hear you. I just don't. I, or I, I we have... can we can like uh, go on the streets and 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 repeat the 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 revolutionary scenario. I believe it's not going to work because all Russians are damn tired and frustrated and and unbelievably afraid of any revolution because this country has have had We've had a so few revolutions. Yes. Yeah. And, and collapses and, and, you know, overturning the regime. So if you poll the world change, it's unbelievably negative in Russian society. If you poll, like, uh, mm -hmm. we want to change, it doesn't work. Don't it's not change. here. Mm -hmm. Or you create a peaceful, uh, a peacefully uh, assert uh, center of power. Like you have Kremlin, you have all these Zhirinovsky, Zuganovs that dying away, and there's vacuum. So what I'm trying to to um, convince people uh, about is to create a certain center of power, young, motivated, who is like uh, open-minded, who is pro-West, pro-America, pro uh, but also like like totally focused on effectiveness and and on on on, uh, on new technology, on new government, and new approach in in a, in a mindset. First of all, but also in the, in the way they govern, and I believe that could be a possible okay. scenario. So, question, so question for you um, on how you run these people. So there are techniques, there are um, approaches that tend to work in the United States. There's a or not right as our most recent election show. Americans get fed up with being fed the same things over and over again yeah. too. How would you compare what works in America to what works in Russia in Apparently, your experience? change you can believe in is not a slogan that's going to work no, in Russia. No, change is really hard to believe in yeah. in Russia. <laughs> um, well, uh, 
you know, I believe this fatigue, this this uh, uh, sense of uh, I don't know, like disappointment. It's not just typical for Russia and America right now. I believe it's worldwide uh, kind of a trend, partly because of technological development and and, and uh, ability of people to get as quick as possible, as much as possible mm-hmm. information. Uh, certainly, because of a uh, growing wave of globalism or anti-globalism as a as a uh, as a result of globalism and. Uh, uh, of uh, populism as well. So people are truly, I agree with you, like looking for new faces, new slogans, not just for, for the sake of slogans, but like for new type of politicians. And this is exactly um, my song, what I'm singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I'm trying with this, what I call the first political Uber or first political uh, incubator, what we did in Russia, uh, running thousand campaigns simultaneously and sending thousand first time candidates in a race. Uh, it's a new approach. I, I, I don't believe anymore in this 20th century uh, um, type of, of politics uh, of, of, of building a party. Why does DNC have to decide about or collect all the money in, in, in the United mm-hmm. States and then and then uh, split it up the way they want or the way the chair of party chair in some county decides? Why not like uh, leave it up to people to fundraise, particularly candidate by candidate by candidate by candidate by case. Why uh, do we have in order to join politics? Why do we have this uh, Bohemian club? You know, like you 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 can up to those days, up to these days, you you can join politics just in two ways: partisanship, so party affiliation, or uh, big money. Mm-hmm. So uh, what if we like like Uber did with taxes, or like uh, iTunes did with distribution of music? Why if we lower this? This 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 verge this this entry point. Uh-huh. What if we make the politics accessible? Uh-huh. You don't have to have ten years experience in Democratic Party and Republican Party in order to be nominated. Okay. What if eighteen years old gentlemen uh-huh. just want to run and why can't he I mean, run? I mean, but- we could have a really interesting discussion about political theory here and the role that political parties play, right? But part of the reason that they exist is that they aggregate diverse views into a coherent platform so that if you have a totally decentralized approach, right, where you've got hundreds and hundreds of candidates who are nominated locally responding to individual concerns in each district, you put all of them together into a parliament, how do you get Well, guess what? Done? What's going to happen? Uh, the, the, the desire to build coalition is going to grow. The desire to compromise is going to grow. Uh, this partisanship, this 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 uh, old problem of gridlock, political gridlock, what we know from the United States so vividly, uh, going to disappear because because uh, uh, the issue is going to have priority, not the partisanship. This is the problem of modern, modern politics, not just in the United States, but also around the world, that, that people are united not based on issues, but like if you align with a party or not, the, the the fresh example of Bernie Sanders running, fi- like on the end of the day, uh, on, on Democratic ticket, but like uh, as an independent candidate, you cannot run in America. Like how okay. so? But so in Russia, I would, the the two groups you've been affiliated or your candidates yeah. have been affiliated with. Um, so Ksenia Sobchak is running as a candidate of the Civil Initiative Party, which is a political party. And your uh, the municipal elections, that was the United Democrats, which is sort of a party, sort of not. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. this and how you see that evolving? <clears throat> it wasn't actually a party. It was just a platform. Mm-hmm. We said, uh, look, the deal is really simple. So we want to help you to run. We, uh, unlike regular party or like party in the, in the, in the old school way, uh, we were sitting there and waiting for people to arrive. We like big companies like Google, like Facebook. We 
looked for candidates, we, we recruited candidates, we trained them, we uh, uh, chose the best, and, and from three and a half thousand candidates that we the, acquired. The best on, on what basis? I mean, how do you well, uh, particularly in this uh, scenario, in, in Russian case, we uh, set up just three um, main criteria: anti-Putin, Crimea war, and anti-Stalinism. Uh, um, um, uh, So that was for us politically enough to say the rest we're gonna teach you, the rest we're gonna do for you. But but we want you. But these are municipal elections, so and these, I know. Are, these are big well, national issues that you're running. You municipal got it. This is a good on? point. So well, in order to run a campaign in Russia, uh, you have to be a little bit creative <clears throat> because if you get out there with the big slogans, we are anti-Putin and blah, 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 you're going to get like hits back really right away. So what we tried to do, we tried to camouflage. We, we said like, okay, it's a municipal so, election. So, th- so these, were your, these were your litmus tests, but that wasn't really how you were running the candidates. No, but, but, but we tried to camouflage a little bit the political agenda mm-hmm. and uh, by making it look like, like a municipal level, uh, like boring election. And that's how we trapped a little bit or uh, actually uh, – tricked a little bit the, the, the government, the, the, the Kremlin, by running tons of candidates, like getting them all registered and running campaigns. But but in real, on the end of the day, when, he, when, when they all won, uh, I, I, I've been always saying this is actually a political statement. It's not just 267 won seats in the center of Moscow, in the center of Russia, but it's also a political statement because all those candidates were running against Putin, against Crimea war, against uh, Stalinism. So it's A message. It's But a message to the government. they were also running on social services and yeah. traffic. Absolutely, they were. They were. There's, there were mm-hmm. a lot of, of different issues. <clears throat> At this point, <clears throat> it is not really important uh, which issues. The, the main desire of person who is the youngest was 18, the oldest 82, is the desire to change, to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, not to stay away and not to accept the status quo and just the way the things are. See, again, I think this gets to the issue of political parties. Yeah. I mean, at, at a municipal level, yeah, obviously the main issues are things like who's going to get my snow cleared, who's going to yeah. fill in the potholes in the streets. But once you're starting to aggregate and have a, a, a nationwide movement, there has to be some kind of common vision that people are going to unite around if you actually want to legislate well, and, and get anything done. And that's done. exactly just, what just they exactly started said, yeah. Yeah, but and I mean, the, being opposed to Putin is not really, that's a great strategy for an opposition. That's not a great strategy for a movement that wants to govern. Sure, but uh, look, within those 267 uh, um, elected officials now, they built like groups, they built coalitions, they built coalitions about, I don't know, like like environmental issues mm-hmm. or whatever. So, so uh, w- my point is the another one. It's not that I'm ahead of a time, like a party, like a classical party of 20th century, like say like this are, those are our issues. If you align with, you can join our party. If not... Buy my way or highway. No, I said like I don't care. I don't have my platform is flat. There's no hierarchy. This is a flat platform. I'm just helping you guys to run to get elected. I want you to work. That's all. And I'm helping you. I'm helping you to do so. And you define while you're doing this job, while you uh, like uh, debating in parliament later. You defining your values and you build coalitions and maybe you build yourself parties. But I take away this filter right away because guess what happens? If you put this filter in front of every single person, it's like a wall. You say like, well, I can support you, but 
you have to do this and this and this. You have to fundraise. You have to align with uh, those uh, issues or these this views. You have to do this. You have to be a member of the party. Th- this scares people away. And I believe for 21st century, in order to drive a taxi, you don't need to know like it used to be 500 streets by heart in downtown Manhattan. You just need an app and car and you can be an Uber driver. You don't need those all things. In order to become a superstar, you don't need a big record company. You just need iTunes and creative ideas. And you can be distributed the same way like Michael Jackson at the same time, being not uh, being nobody or no, no name. So, so I believe this, this digital way of revolution, this d- digital distribution should be working in politics the same way it works iTunes, Uber, or Kayak by buying tickets. Why not? So I would tell you, I would point out that both Uber and the new model for distributing music has left taxi drivers and musicians poorer. Mm-hmm. In a way, in a way, yes. And it also uh, doesn't require them to all come together for collective action. No, but I'm, but they make, they make less money. Yeah. They have a harder time making ends meet. Uh, your song can go viral, but and lots of people are listening to yeah. it, but you've got no cash as a result. Right. Yes, but we had the same types of talks, uh, if you guys remember, at 80s, uh, like... Uh, Vinyl versus the first CD. Oh, it's going to mm. kill the music industry. CD versus MP3. Oh, it's going to kill the music industry. Well, I think MP3 Look, may have. <laughs> I, I believe this is the natural way of evolution. This is. I, I'm sorry about unions. Yes, the taxi union suffers. But we user uh, gain quality. Uh, the taxi rides are cheaper. We all drive more taxi. Uh, the, quali- uh, the, the, the quality of, of drivers are better, safer, and so on. I believe... So many jobs are created uh, for people who were just sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, we lose on one end, but we also gain on the other hand. And I believe this unbelievably uh, um, old-fashioned industry like politics should be recreated, reinvented itself. Okay, so what is the role of the Civil Initiative Party in all of this, which is running Subchuck? Well, uh, two main reasons. Uh, Long term, uh, of course, uh, I was looking and with Xenia, we were looking for a platform to to keep going after March uh, 18th, after the election Mm -hmm. is over, to have a platform, a movement where we can pretty much the same way open the the doors to anybody who wants to run. We're going to fundraise. We're going to use our knowledge, the campaign, like we did for free for every first-time candidate in the municipal-level election. We did it all for free for them. You know, they were just asked one thing, to run and to do the job, knock doors and and go and talk to to their constituency. So the same way we want to open a platform for for people to run, for governor, for people to run, for for Duma, for parliament. And then once we have one or two or three or five or maybe 15 seats in parliament, then we don't need to collect signatures and stuff like that. So we want a liberation of political market. We want an open door for everybody to run. It's it's a pity. It's it's unheard that that in 21st century, in 2018, in order to run, you have to please Zuganov or Zhirinovsky, some some 70 years old dude that's sitting there for 50 years. This is insane. So we just want to have platform for everybody to run, for young people to have a platform, and. Um, Secondly, for the presidential campaign, of course, uh, get rid of this 
uh, rule of um, collecting 300,000 mm -hmm. signatures right. and make our job a little bit easier, uh, which helped us uh, to get just 100,000 uh, signatures. <laughs> Can you say a little bit about the attitude of the government towards the party, the initiative, the campaign? Are you worried about being arrested and having some kind of a crackdown just about, in general, the, the way that the government may respond if it sees what you're doing as a threat? Uh, well, on the one hand, uh, I am worried, but at the same time, look, I'm still alive. Like, uh, I'm a little bit of fatalist, like uh, nothing going to happen to me if nothing going to happen. <laughs> but but uh, at the same time, yes, we face uh, some some arrests there. Some cars of our volunteers are burned uh, uh, or like some... Uh, um, campaign activities are really hard to get through, like like to rent an apartment or office or like uh, a town hall uh, allocation because the government's trying always to control you, to spy on you. So it, it is hard. At the same time, uh, we are the government is like a big Titanic. It's it's really hard to maneuver, and we are like in a little boat. We can like if we see that we steer towards a cliff, so we can turn around really quick. So so that's why I think I, I don't care like how powerful the government is as soon as you play your game and not the player of government because you cannot win this government it's too big it's too powerful if you play your uh, game and by your game i mean like technology digital really mobilizing people talking to people because all those people are uh, old school they don't talk to to people on the street and we do a lot of events uh, with good last year within four weeks guys we did 254 events 254 events five events every single day Seven days, a week, seven days a week, uh, and four weeks in a row. So once you play this type of a game, they are not fast enough to keep up with you. So, so, and that's how you win. So you just have to recreate some, some, some old strategies in a new fashion way in Russia. That's that's how it works. But uh, am I concerned? A little bit, yes. But but you know, I I am more concerned about Russian American relations right now because mm -hmm. that makes everything way harder than the the government in Russia. So on that point, uh, whose idea was it to bring Ksenia Sobchak to America? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a mutual idea on the one hand. Uh, I've been uh, – I'm like an American dude there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really uh, this American guy uh, who not only helps to run campaigns uh, American way, but also who is sort of a connection to, to – for Russian politics in America. So I, I was always um, seeing this as one important vector of our uh, relationship and our campaign. And I believe, especially right now in this time when none of Russian uh, elected officials or like just few of them uh, visiting the United States, it's really important to send a different signal and, and to come as a presidential candidate to America and uh, send a signal, uh, a message of, of uh, friendship and and. and peace and uh, maybe uh, f like time after Putin uh, uh, being defined differently mm -hmm. uh, than it is right now. But at the same time, uh, we had a couple of invitations to, to uh, uh, meet uh, elected officials here. We still have, believe it or not, almost, if I'm not mistaken, over 2 million millions Russians here sure. like uh, living in the whole United States yeah. but mostly uh, LA New York uh, um, Florida uh, who are eligible to vote and by the way I believe um, voting abroad like Americans abroad mm -hmm. uh, we have that type yeah. of organizations voting abroad I believe always the vote abroad was always uh, against Putin mm -hmm. always I believe the only exception 
uh, it was Israel uh, where uh, the Yablaka the party lost once, but most of the time Yablaka was winning all the wars. It's ridiculous. So, so we're building on this as well. Maybe they should run for the Knesset. <laughs> Seriously. Well, no, and, they shouldn't run for the Knesset as <laughs> yeah. Yablaka loses in Israel, right? <laughs> well, they lost once. Yeah. They lost once, but so, everywhere else they win. Is the, so, there's a, so they should run for the Congress. Yeah. They, they well, should run for I was saying because there's like a million Russian Jews in, in, in Israel. They might have a chance. So, of course, it's partly my idea, partly the desire of candidate to sp- send a message to American uh, uh, people, but also to the Russian electorate, because uh, you have to see that not only Russia is toxic in the United States, the United States is toxic in Russia. So right. everybody who touches this topic, and especially during the last weeks of campaign, travels to America. This is kind of a kind of a brave move. So, and I believe this is partly what Xenia tries to do as well. So to send. Uh, a message to the people, you have to be brave right now. You have to be uh, fearless in order to want to change and in order this change to happen. And, and I well, believe... that's so brave. She went to Grozny and Washington. <laughs> well, I, uh, I would rather go dangerous to for a Russian five times to Washington than once to Grozny. But, uh, well, you know, she's, she's also a tough person on the one hand. Uh, on the other hand, I believe... We also set up this trip to Grozny uh, in a way that uh, that um, it is it is still possible that something going to happen there. But but it's it's hard something to happen to just women. So we sent just women there. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you have in this group of people one man, the probability of action is. Uh, but they did get attacked. Yeah, they did. They did, but uh, physically nothing happened to them. But uh, well, yes. But just imagine you would travel to to Texas or Connecticut, and and like it would you would feel isolated and 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 in danger, like like people travel, um, like people feel by traveling to to Grozny. It's part of Russia. This is ridiculous. And this is also a, a, a message that we're trying with all these uh, actions. We're trying to send a message. We're going to Washington, going to Grozny. So we, we, we're going to multiple places, just uh, and particularly hot, like button hot issues places, just to send a message. Uh, people, this is normal. Like we're living, we're living in a in this particular country right now. But this is not okay that we are afraid to go to Grozny. Why? This is not not okay that uh, uh, a woman can be uh, running for presidency. Why? Why are you all so upset about? Why it's not okay to to have uh, LGBT rights, uh, like or speaking out loud about it? So so we are trying to push all these buttons. Uh, it's painful. Yes, it's not always smart in terms of strategy, but in the long term, it's smart or it's it's healthy for the cause and for the Russian future. Because as by alcoholism, if you admit to your problem, if you name it, you're almost healed, you know? So, and I believe, um, going back to your questions, why we're going to Washington, we want a healing. We want Mm -hmm. to heal. Well, and I suppose if your expectation is not that you're going to win the election, then in some ways you're more free to, to do these kind of things and not worry about the short-term electoral consequences. Yes, yes. But I mean, you still, uh, as a candidate, especially you want it or not, you you, you wish to have a better result. And if you uh, agree to action that actually harms your campaign in terms of numbers, then then you have to have uh, a reason for. And I believe I really appreciate and I see, I've seen a lot of candidates. I've been working for a lot of candidates. And uh, that's why I appreciate her uh, approach uh, for this 
curing, healing the system in the long run, not just like just by winning better percentage right now. So is it more fun to uh, work on election campaigns in the United States or Russia? Do you know what? From one perspective, so much more fun in Russia because it's so much more that dynamic. It's so much mm-hmm. uh, like this pioneering work, you know, like mm-hmm. where you get, you know, like uh, your sleeves up and mm-hmm. you, you get your hands really dirty. And it's it's more action. But then also more tiring because here for presidential campaign, you have unlimited time, two years. You can run, you can build, you can test a lot. You can do like uh, try a lot of technologies. But over there, you just have roughly, so we got our registration last Friday. Mm-hmm. So like five, six yeah. weeks, go run a campaign in six weeks in that size of a country. So yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. it's just the dynamics are like, it's like a startup. You start, but then you have to scale so rapidly and get so high up the speed uh, uh, and then perform at this level a long time and then drop right away. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just different dynamic. And from this point of view, for type of personality who loves it, who loves action, who is entrepreneurial, uh, it's really fun. But but it's also like you exhausted. You like really yeah. afterwards you you need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that Singh um, Subchuk was allowed to register for the campaign, which of course is different from what happened to the other main opposition candidate, Alexei Navalny. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why you think that was the case, and also just sort of your and the campaign's uh, views of, of Navalny. As as an opposition figure? Well, first and foremost, I have unbelievable respect. Uh, what he does, was what Alexei Navalny does, it's just admirable. Especially, I have unbelievable respect uh, and uh, I really appreciate, uh, I just can't imagine how his wife can, can manage it to have a husband like that, having two kids and him being arrested and stuff like that. So it's, it's really admirable what he does. Uh, the flip side of the whole uh, um, opposition movement in Russia is that um, in the course of the last years, the opposition movement got sort of like uh, stuck in this uh, paradigm, in this in this tonal view, if you want. Um, they don't really develop. They, they uh, I believe, uh, this is what I uh, uh, <clears throat> will write about in next week in, in one of my articles, I believe with the change of the the government of Putin of this this uh, regime, the change of opposition should happen as well because I believe those people are too long in the same uh, environment and they kind of like got stuck a little bit. There's a, a part of a gridlock, uh, not like in America, Amer- uh, Democratic and Republican side, but, but gridlock, Kremlin and opposition. What I mean by that, uh, and this where I a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, critical about uh, uh, Navalny's work, uh, I believe the aim of the work is just a little bit more or got a little bit more radical. So I believe there's a lot of people, there's a lot, a lot of people uh, in Russia who wants change, who is tired of non-functional government, who is tired of Putin of all these 18 years. But there's a lot of people like me who will power, like who is who is uh, willing to, to, to fight for, who is willing to help who is willing to fundraise or uh, donate or do something but who is not willing go on the street and get get in prison so like if i have a kid uh to to get like in prison for two days or for 10 days it's a big problem for me for my job and i see more and more people like that but i don't see uh, uh on alexei's side um a desire 
to expand this this uh, uh, message, to expand his work uh, aside of this radical protest movement. With his, in my opinion, with his unlimited, as of right now, unlimited media power he has, unbelievable amount of finances he's getting uh, for his uh, for his NGO. Uh, it should have been, in the meantime, in all those six years, a huge infrastructure, not just one Navalny. I'm always saying like thousands of Navalny because you can always kill one. Mm-hmm. Like Nemtsov, you can always put one person behind the bars like Navalny. But if he had, like in every big city, five activists running for office, infrastructures, like like maybe a party or like party-like structure and thousands of people and not just one particular uh, Alexei Navalny who is vulnerable as a movement. Like we've seen it many times. He's in prison for 10 days and the whole uh, the whole joy is sort of that. Nothing happens. So I, I am against uh, in this sense uh, of this uh, – um, autocratic oppositional model of 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 uh, building the movement. So I'm I'm uh, for uh, creating an open platform for everybody to run with the same set of skill not skills but 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 uh, tools and and opportunities and 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 money. It's and the blockchain model. It's a blockchain <laughs> model, distributive model. Perfect, yeah. distributive model. So that's 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 exactly the point. And we did it the same way with Bernie last year. It was so so perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't have in every state and office we had a distributive team so we yeah finished. but you weren't running a bunch of different candidates yes so i know that's... i know what i'm saying uh, mm-hmm. i believe uh this is my critic point of of the way the navalny set up his campaign and and his activities he makes it easy for the government he makes it easy for kremlin to fight against him and why this is my legitimate question why you can make it hard for them why don't you do it because it's always easy to put you behind the bars because uh, it's going to create a media, mm-hmm. you know, like attention. And that's how it appears to me that that's what he wants, to have this uh, constantly media attention, media attention. But but on the end of the day, it's just Navalny there. You know, like he has so many people around him already since years who could have been running for office. He could have been uh, supporting this municipal election campaign. He didn't, you know. So there's a lot of uh, controversy about uh, the way he does. I understand uh, uh, that that he's a politician in his desire to be in the center of attention and being number one uh, 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 or like a representative, as, as uh, so many people say, of um, democratic opposition in Russia. But that's not how democracy works, in my opinion. So and that's why I... I uh, don't share a lot, like so many liberal candidates in, in liberal Russia don't like me in my views because I'm against this type of um, position. I believe you should open doors for everybody to run and to be able to to enjoy the fruits of whatever you created. And he has created a lot, a lot, you have to admit. Vitaly, how do you see political change in Russia affecting U.S.-Russian relations? It's a tough. If it's a tough one, I uh, what I see right now, and it's a pity that we are living in sort of uh, Cold War 2.0, and and uh, sort of uh, in a new reality and a new world of of uh, Russian American uh, relationship. And I fully understand that it's um, 
there have been a lot of uh, on on uh, on the American side side. It's been a lot of uh, reasons not to trust Russians uh, since probably Truman Decree or after World War II, and especially in the last couple of years because of uh, uh, melting in the elections. I think it goes back even further than that. Yeah, yeah. Just an historian. Yeah, but 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 uh, the same way I believe on the Russian side, it's been uh, reasons not to trust and not to engage uh, more, or maybe like to get more isolated. But uh, uh, with all what I do, uh, it's not just, uh, and maybe this is like the hidden reason of, of my activities in Russia as well, uh, and not just like winning elections. I'm not just a political junkie, but I really wish because also from personal point of view, because my, my family is divided, like my wife and my kid are living here, Americans and uh, are Americans, and my mom, dad, and my whole family, my previous life is there. And I've been uh, visiting them on and on, and, and I see how much this country needs a change. But I see at the same time how much America needs Russia and how Russia needs how much Russia needs America, because the whole foreign policy was shaped all decades long with this... Uh, balance of of powers like uh, in in a good in a bad way but but it's been always there and i believe this balance is is not there anymore and and i wish uh, and i i would love to work on it and and this is my big goal to help this russian american relationship to to reestablish to to get to the new stage of understanding of of 2018 level of of discussion and diplomacy and not to the 70s and you think that uh, candidates that are against Putin, uh, that are for more civil liberties in Russia, are going to facilitate better U.S.-Russia relations uh, when they when they reach power when they. When they reach power, but also with a little change, every step is a little change. Every step is a little change, and and uh, I just uh, want to send this message with every work I do, with the candidate I work uh, and come to to visit to DC that uh, Russia is not Putin. Putin's common goal, you know, but Russian people are gonna stay for decades to go, and and uh, I believe. Uh, we should see uh, U.S.-Russia relationship uh, through this type of glasses and not like through like little uh, conflicts that we have. And we, we do have a lot of them. But, but I mean, that's not the 2000, uh, 21st century politics, you know, like when in a time when uh, one particular computer virus can, can like, uh, I don't know, like turn down the whole city electricity and, and cause so much more damage on the, on the stock exchange or whatever, we're like worried about some rockets. Like seriously, guys, I believe the diplomacy should upgrade as well. So I mean, uh, they should be like in a family uh, where when you fight with your wife or with your husband, someone has to first say I'm sorry and move on. Otherwise, you're not going to be speaking for a couple of days. So I believe I wish uh, America or Russia, someone going to do the first step and like say, okay, come on, let's move on, you know. And that's if uh, that's what I'm working on as much as I can from a side right now, from a Russian side, trying to uh, show the different face of Russia, different political face of Russia and the different future to go in Russia. But I also hope that the Russia, the American side going to help with that and appreciate it and also uh, help us to to run those type of elections or see those uh, type of candidates as the messengers for, for the future of Russia, for the future of Russian-American relationship. Vitaly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here.
that's it for our show today. Um, if you want to read more about Vitali, there are some links in the show notes. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. Uh, if you don't use iTunes, you can check us out on Google Play or SoundCloud. And finally, don't forget to send in mailbag questions to rep at csis.org with the words Russian roulette in the subject line. We are overdue for a mailbag. We will do one soon, we promise. So send us questions and maybe yours will be the question answered. Or one of many. Also, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the program is at CSIS Russia. Olya is at Olya Oliker, And I'm at Dr. J. Mankoff. And finally, as always, big thanks to everybody who works so hard to make this podcast happen every two weeks. That includes our research assistant and program coordinator, Cyrus Newland, our intern, Claire Hafner, and the entire CSIS external relations and iLab team. Until next time. <laughs>